guys, it's Brody calling from Ottawa. And my question is, with Nick Cage starring as Dracula in the Renfield movie, uh, if you could make any horror comedy that you would choose, what would you pick? Thanks, as always. Enjoy the show. Keep up the great work. Take care. Bye. Thanks, Brody. I, admittedly, as a fan of horror comedies, I had never thought about this question even once to think, Wow, if only this could be a comedy. So, Megan, what do you think? Oh. <laughs> Wait, does Zita have one? She sounded disappointed. No, I guess, oh. no, I guess I, um, first. <laughs> I didn't understand the question, so that's why I said, ow, oh, like that. I'm, oh. sorry. I'm sorry. I thought it was an ode to the, class, the classic John needs more time handoff. <laughs> I, I need more time, though. But go ahead, Megan, you go first. Perfect. Ah. <laughs> uh. This is a tough question, and I feel like I'm going to cheat my butt off here. But, I mean, mm. we've seen Creature from the Black Lagoon as a horror movie and then as a romance. But what if we turn that into, like, a comedy? Ooh. You could turn, you could just go down the list and, from like. Creature from the Black Oh, sure. Like, uh, go a uh, Mel Brooks, uh, Young Frankenstein route yeah, with yeah. it or something. Yeah. Yeah. He just wants the girl, but okay. it's a, you know, splatstick comedy type thing. I would be curious, still giving Xena time Thank because you. I'm a team player, that, and I have no idea how this would work. I'd like to see some sort of aquatic horror movie, not Creature from the Black Lagoon, but more like Leviathan or Deep Star Six or Underwater, like totally submerged comedy how would that work like i have no idea that's why like i kind of want to keep thinking about it is there any way <laughs> like oh our is ship is way... damaged and we're gonna implode waka waka. <laughs> <laughs> waka waka i mean i think that that's our tagline right there if hollywood doesn't buy that then i don't know what's wrong with hollywood uh just for curiosity's sake yeah i want to see this too yeah, just it's like It's a crab how... monster. Neener, neener. Yeah. <laughs> Put googly eyes on him. <laughs> just make it make it as ridiculous as those, um, what are those spoof movies? Like date movie or epic movie oh, yeah, or whatever yeah. that are so, oh, so weirdly over the top in every aspect. There's no subtlety whatsoever to it. Yeah, we're going that way. <laughs> yeah, just just ridiculous. Take all the tropes that Megan loves the most and then just do the <laughs> lowest hanging fruit them. joke to go along with Completely all. lampooned these movies. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, there have been so there are so many spoofs out there. Like I was gonna say something like the Blair Witch, but the um but the Blair Wizard uh thesis is already a thing. Like there already are a lot of Yeah. People have already taken the tropes and already played it one way or another. So it's like you yeah. can't say Cabin in the Woods because obviously, well, Cabin in the Woods is already kind of a comedy, but you have Tucker and Dale and stuff like that. So, yeah, and I don't even know how That's you do That's what you should water. do with Creature from the Black Lagoon. Tucker and Dale, it flip that perspective. So the creature is misunderstood. Yeah, he's misunderstood. It's really just a guy who wanted to film his own creature from the Black Lagoon, but he got stuck in the creature suit, and now everyone thinks there's an actual monster. That could but be we, a version. But there, someone has to say Waka Waka. Like, that's but what someone has to say Waka Waka. <laughs> Do we need to it's, get rights from the Muppets on that? Like, is that it, copyrighted? It's, 
It's literally the actor keeps trying to say it, and the director is just so mad at him. <laughs> walk, walk. That's not the line. That's Stop the saying line. that. Quit That's it. not a thing. <laughs> We're going to get sued by Jim Henson's estate. Oh. Okay, Megan. Or uh, Zena, you've had plenty of time. Okay, I did. I did. Okay. So I have two <laughs> ideas, and they're probably terrible. First one, let's just take oh. every single Stephen King movie and turn it into a comedy. Every single one. All of mm. them comedy like type of horror i think it'll be fun i don't know how they're gonna do that with cujo though so i don't know but good luck. needful things it's... it's one big misunderstanding that's a sitcom scenario okay there you C- go cujo I, it's a that. chihuahua <laughs> it's a chihuahua oh yeah they're just and, terrified of it and then i'm thinking too like i rewatched um that movie the beyond this past weekend you know um <laughs> <laughs> I'm just dying laughing at the idea of like Lucio Fulci the comedy. It could be a thing. I would I would so watch that. So let's go for it. Yeah, you you would probably need Astron Six to do it, like they did the editor where they were spoofing all the Giallo movies. (laughs) But just take it a step further with like Fulci cosmic horror. Yes. Still keep the gore though. We still need that. Yeah, totally. Totally. Speaking of going for it, welcome to the Bloody Disgusting Podcast, everyone, the podcast where we discuss all the disgusting things we love in the horror world. And to discuss the disgusting, you know her as lead movie critic for Bloody Disgusting, horror movie fanatic and journalist Megan Navarro. Hey, Megan. Howdy. And you know her from her YouTube channel and website Real Queen of Horror and her infinite love for the genre, Zena Dixon. Hey, Zena. I was going to say waka waka, <laughs> but hi. <laughs> You, you ruined it. it. You should have. It was, I know. You, I'm sorry. Shoot your shot, Zena. That's what we're here <laughs> shoot for. Shoot your shot. Yeah. <laughs> Live your life. <laughs> exactly. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday when the episode drops, we hope your week's been filled with all the best kinds of horror. And if not, we're going to do our quick round the table for the movies, books, games, or anything else in horror that are making the three of us smile right now. Maybe there'll be things that'll make you smile too. Oh, and I think I sh- forgot to say, and I'm John. You are John. Oh, you're you're John. here. I am John. I am John. <laughs> Now, Zena, what's been filling your heart this week? Uh, thanks to my friend, Tyler Dupay, I checked out the horror thriller Dead of Winter from 1987 on Amazon. A struggling actress is lured to a random mansion where all is not what it seems. So basically... Um, I like that this, this mansion is random. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it is pretty random, though. Like, why would it be out in the middle of nowhere? So, Fair. Fair. So many questions. How do you know what exit to get? Okay, that's getting too much detail <laughs> with the movie. Good deal. Yeah. So basically, this woman named Katie, she's a struggling actress and she's living with her husband and her brother who's visiting. He's a student and she decides to attend this um, audition that she finds in the newspaper. And, you know, she meets this guy and he really likes her. He thinks that she can be great for the fit, like for, for the role and everything. And he wants her to come with her to this house, the mansion, upstate, you know, New York, where she can meet the director so they can give her a makeover because, you know, they felt like she looked a little dated. Um, and then also, like, shoot a video where she can showcase, like, her her talent and everything. Turns and out, this was pre-Starry Eyes, so she didn't know better she, than to do any of this. She didn't know better. It, it totally did give me Starry Eyes um, vibes, but she... She was just like a she she didn't have anything going on like the other woman did in Starry Eyes. <laughs> she really oh. was just a woman who just wants to act and like, you know, like she was really excited. Like and I feel like okay, I'll get to that. 
anyway point is she she goes to this mansion um her husband she never leaves him the address which is like girl why and when she gets up there things just take a like a dark and sinister turn like turn this movie is very um it's like a slow burn but once it gets going it's it's so great it's pretty dark and on top of that it feels like a like a made for tv noir type of old school movie I really, really liked it. And I think that this might be a remake, even though they didn't say, but there's this movie um, called My Name is Julia Ross that it's like pretty much the same from 1945. It's the same um, storyline, except instead of an actress, it's a secretary. And like, think about it. You find your dream position or like your dream role. They want to hire you. They pay you like they paid her initially. And then she goes up to this like beautiful house. Everything's fine at first. And then for some reason, they don't want her to leave. And it's just the they do some horrible things to her. So, but yeah, it's a really oh. cool movie. And I really love um, the acting in it. And again, like it is a slow burn, but I promise like it's well worth the wait. I've never heard of this movie before. And I recommend checking it out. Um, Mary Steenberger, she's in it. Um, Roddy McDowell and the late James Rubes and William Russ, they're in it. And their performances are phenomenal. so yeah wow really great movie um then the other movie i checked out this was a rewatch it's been a couple of years since i've watched it it's the supernatural horror drama jamie marks is dead 2014 on peacock but later on this month it will be on shutter so just in case if you're like oh uh, okay so you can just watch it so (laughs) just in case I feel like we could be the Muppets ourselves. We like, at I this got point, Fozzie. yeah. That that was what was that? Was that Kermit a little bit? <laughs> a Kermit. little bit of Kermit, I think. Yeah. <laughs> All right. John, who John, are you, you be, be tickle me, Elmo. <laughs> I could just be Beaker, I suppose. Uh, no, because we me, go. Me. Me, me. <laughs> Nobody can see your face, but he's doing the Beaker face. <laughs> That's okay. kind of Roadrunner-ish, though. <laughs> I off the top. Of you my gotta head, practice your meeps. Evidently, <laughs> I forgot all about that character. Oh, he was the best. <laughs> the only one better than that. If you've, I mean, total tangent, but if you've never seen uh, the the Muppets sing "Oh Danny Boy," it's amazing because it's no. Animal Beaker, and I can't remember. It's another character who can't talk or doesn't talk. Oh, I think it's a Swedish chef. Oh, it's yeah. amazing. Okay, I have to check that out. But um, yeah, so I checked out Jamie Marks is Dead from 2014 on Peacock. And again, it'll be on Shattered later. So the story of a murdered high school boy who returns as a ghost looking for love and friendship he never knew he had when he was alive. So this Aww. movie it is, yeah, it's kind of sad. This movie is adapted from Christopher's, uh, Christopher Barzak's, Barzak's novel, One for Sorrow. So this is, um, it takes place in a small wintry town. And again, like this boy's body is found, you know, by the river. And there's a, a boy, a teenage boy named Adam, and he's like this uh the star of his court cross country team and he's fascinated um with Jamie because he's never really heard of him um never interacted with him people in general never really interacted with Jamie unless they were picking on him so when his ghost appears to Adam and his friend Gracie um it it's 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 kind of weird because it's like there's not like you know, oh, I'm scared. Oh, it's just that they kind of have become friends, you know, and turns out like Jamie, 
yeah, Jamie always had a crush on um, Adam, but they're just friends. They just build like a friendship and it. it's kind of nice, you know? Um, and I like this one because I felt like it's not like the conventional, conventional, like supernatural paranormal, paranormal horror. <laughs> Sorry, I can't talk today. Um, I felt like it was pretty like refreshing and unique because it didn't go in the direction that I thought that it was going to go in. And it's also filmed pretty cool because it looks like it's like dreamy like, you know, but throughout the whole time, the tone of the movie is very unsettling. It doesn't rely on like hardcore, like jump scares or gore or any of that, because that's what I thought, like based on the title, just being honest with you, but not at all. And when I first watched it again, too, besides from that, I thought it was going to be either that, like, you know, blood splatter everywhere or just like, you know, ghosts trying to kill people you know or like a coming to age kind of thing or even like a murder mystery but it's not that so um i'd rather not say what it is i think that you should just check it out because it really is a nice experience to watch it like and i know it's like well, what does that mean it's just different from other movies that i watch so that's why i'm like highly recommending it it's a good time uh, it's a good time sounds good to me yeah um i watched siege on shutter it's uh, from 1983, and this is, it feels like uh, a little bit The Purge meets Assault on Precinct 13, uh, mm. when a local group of right-wing sociopaths attack the patrons of a gay bar, the sole survivor seeks refuge at a nearby apartment building whose residents must now defend themselves in a night of hate, terror, and bloodshed. Um, they are doing this because the police are on strike, so there is no police, and so these people oh, decide... Gotcha. Uh, and apparently this is based on an actual event, like in 1981 in uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia, there really was like a police strike. So there was looting and stuff that happened that night. So in this... Halifax, Nova Scotia of all places? Yeah. Well, this is a Canadian movie. Uh, oh, gotcha. Yeah. So, the, the, yeah, they they just take it to a whole new level. It feels oddly like timeless um but yeah it's really good it's really really good these bad guys are totally reprehensible i'm also a sucker for 80s kind of action survive the night thrillers which this is so there's some pretty good tension the good guys are good except for the woman she's kind of annoying because she's, she's just terrible she's like <laughs> you know she's damsel in distress type but she's also combative like clearly you know this guy who escapes they he the the residents of this apartment they like they let him in but there's some kind of relationship drama between her and the the lead protagonist guy and so she's constantly nagging or fighting or being combative and whiny and so other than her all the other people in this apartment building are very cool um so yeah it is it's a really good movie surprisingly cuz i i'd never heard of siege before they popped it on shutter so yeah if you like assault on precinct 13 then this is for you um and then that had me feeling nostalgic and i needed the hidden in my life uh that is not available on streaming but you can rent it i just flat out you know went to amazon it's like do you want to rent it for 2.99 or buy it for 6.99 i wanted to buy it so i did um and i really like the IMDb description of the plot because it gives nothing away, which I adore. A competent FBI agent race for answers after law-abiding people suddenly become violent criminals. Way to, like, completely hide, haha, because it's the hidden, 
what this is. Uh, <laughs> it is uh, action sci-fi horror movie. And I won't hmm. say what it is, except that it's this kind of genre spin on almost like buddy cop movies. Um, because it's a hardened cop who gets teamed up with this guy and it's dale cooper it's the it's almost the same exact character that uh dale cooper from twin peaks um which i think this might have been a precursor by just a little bit or either right around the start of twin i think it was right before twin peaks either way 87 is i think twin peaks came out in 87 or 88 did it, so it i knew it was right like super there. close uh i think it might have been literally the same year or the year before either way i really like this movie I feel like it is a hidden gem to keep riffing on the title. Um, but yeah, it's a really, I feel like once you see it, it becomes a comfort watch. Maybe that's just me, but it, yeah, watch it. Watch it. Watch it. Speaking of things I think people should watch, and they probably are because I'm just really late to stuff. I watched the first episode of 2022's Moon Knight on Disney+. Plus, And I'm not even going to read the synopsis because the synopsis is information I didn't know. <laughs> like, I watched the first episode and I'm like, well, I didn't even know that that was a part of his backstory. Moon Knight was never a comic that I read growing up. So just go watch it. It's, uh, I mean, I'm sure most people know more than me. And so behind the scenes stuff, the reason why we mentioned an abridged week last week is because I was out of town all last week on spring break with my family. And I ended up watching both the Eternals and Shang-Chi uh, on the flight because I couldn't watch anything violent sitting next to my kids. And I was like, ah, it's something, it's stuff I didn't really have to pay too close of attention to. And I was like, ah, well, I'll, I'll keep the Disney thing going. And I came home and I decided I'll sit down and watch Moon Knight. Megan and I talked about it and, the trailer that I'd seen just looked really good. And Oscar Isaac, I've really liked Oscar Isaac. Like he was excellent. <clears throat> Excuse me. He was excellent in Dune. And, you know, he was great in the Star Wars movies, et cetera. And I like, already, right, I'll give it a shot. I now love Oscar Isaac after one episode. Oh, wow. He, he is a national treasure in my eyes. He did such, to me, watching it, he did such a great job of comedy and confusion and horror etc ethan hawk um, i have no idea what's going on and i am totally sucked into the point that i don't want to watch any more until at least season one or whatever if it's a limited series is done so i can just binge the rest there's only six because total okay i'm gonna i'm gonna wait because now i've seen the first one i just want to wait okay because i don't i don't some shows I'm okay with appointment television. Like I'm watching The Dropout or um, what's it, uh, Minx on HBO. Like I'm okay with some of that. But this, uh, I feel like I just want to binge this. <laughs> and something I really appreciate, and I haven't seen The Batman yet. But I'll probably just get it as soon as it's on VOD. Uh, I really love... Something I never really noticed that I hadn't seen in movies before. It's really aggressive punching of things. <laughs> like, not just, like, punching kung fu style, like, not realistic, whatever. But there's, like, a scene in the first episode of Moon Knight where Moon Knight appears and he punches the thing. But it's, like, punching a thing that he's so pissed off at. And I remember seeing that in the trailer for the Batman when, like, the gang, like, from Batman... uh 
you know, the Batman, um, what's it called? Graphic novel. Uh, I think they're supposed to portray like, who are you? And like, he just grabs the first one, like pounds on him. And then once he's on the ground, just winds up like three more times. I don't know why, but it get like that level of violence. I, I appreciate so much more. Like he's just mad. He's not doing anything super flashy <laughs> or anything. He's just punching something in the head really, really hard. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's like, oh, I haven't, I feel like I haven't seen that in movies. I've watched action movies my whole life and most of it's more kung fu choreographed type stuff. So more aggressive punching uh, for John. <laughs> more aggressive punching. Not for John, just for John to watch. Uh <laughs> on screens where no one actually gets hurt. Uh but Moon Knight, no, it was great. I, I thought Oscar Isaac, he's so funny. Like I feel like you shouldn't get lead roles in any movie if you don't have good comedic timing because it makes the movie so much more enjoyable. And I know that there are movies, I think The Informant was that way, where The Informant with Matt Damon, they only cast comedians mm -hmm. to the point where the comedians were confused. They're like, this isn't a comedy, though. And the director's like, yeah, I know. And, like, and I get that because I feel like the actors who have the best comedic timing are also some of the best actors because they get that reaction. They get that, like, the feeling behind the character so much better. I think they're also the best, best voice actors in in uh animated films the ones that are kind of stale are the ones that just aren't they're not used to that kind of delivery it's just kind of lands flat i don't know i feel like i'm rambling a lot so go watch moon knight <laughs> in summation and because i just got back on saturday i didn't have a whole lot of time to watch stuff and i follow henry zabrowski on uh instagram and saw that something he was in was on, started on HBO called Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell from 2015. <laughs> a live-action workplace comedy about Gary, an associate demon, as he attempts to capture souls on Earth in order to climb the corporate ladder of the underworld. So I believe this started as a cartoon on the Cartoon Network. Uh -huh. And they made like four seasons of live-action. The episode's only like 11 minutes long, 15 minutes long. Henry Zabrowski, if anyone's ever listened to like last podcast on the left, or if you've seen after midnight, he's the friend mm -hmm. at the bar who does the, the train wreck shot. And he is so damn funny calling this horror is just because it's set in hell, but it is pure comedy. And it is, I, there's plenty of just gross out humor in it, but there's a couple episodes I watch. I just watched the Cerberus episode. I think it's in season two. That damn dog was so funny. It's got three heads. It's each each of the heads is a different personality. One of them's just really anti-Semitic, and they keep calling it like, "Why are you so anti-Semitic?" And it turns into a weird plot point. But no, it's not that I condone anti-Semitic humor. <laughs> However, in the demon dog that guards the gates of hell, in which everyone's trying to tell it not to be, <laughs> it was funny. Um, but no, I I binged like 12, 13 episodes of this today. Like they're really short. It's really funny. If you're looking for something on HBO just to like knock out a bunch of episodes, I totally recommend it. I thought it was hilarious. I love the title. Yeah, it works. Like I said, I think it was originally a comedy and or a, a cartoon. And then it must have done well enough that Cartoon Network sponsored them to do a bunch of episodes. Really goofy irreverent lowbrow humor but done in a really funny way so 
you know, I guess I could keep talking about really aggressive punches to the head, but instead we should probably just talk about what we watched and how we watched it. Okay, so I checked out Dead of Winter on Amazon and Jamie Marks is Dead on Peacock. I watched uh, Siege on Shudder and The Hidden on VO Day. <laughs> and I watched Moon Knight punch a gun or punch something in the head really aggressively on Disney Plus. And Your Pretty Face is Going to Hell on HBO. All right, enough about what we've been watching this week. It's time for Megan Briggs up to speed on the news and trending topics in the world of horror. We've had a lot of time, so what's been going on, Megan? I suppose stuff happened while you were on vacation. Uh, some stuff. Some stuff. Not a lot. After two movies that collectively pulled in over $1 billion at the box office, it looks like uh, more Pennywise is on the way. Um, yeah. It's on the small screen this time with the brand new <laughs> prequel series project. Entertainment reporter Jeff Snyder of The Ankler broke the news last week that a series tentatively titled Welcome to Dairy is in development at HBO Max. Uh, Snyder noted the series would likely explore the origin of Pennywise, the clown, as well as the dawn of the 27-year curse that haunts the small main town. The report went on to state that while the project hasn't officially been greenlit, uh, the sources are telling, they told them that the a writer's room is uh, being convened for the project. So that's why this is a reportedly series in the works, because it doesn't seem officially green yet, a green, green lit yet. Words are hard this week. This is what happens when we take time off. Uh, Variety also reported about it, so adding a little bit more credence to this, that uh, the series will begin in the 1960s in the time leading up to the events of It Part One, the 2017 film based on the Stephen King horror novel. The story is also said to include the origin story, which corroborates the previous uh, report. And Variety also noted that Andy Muschietti and Barbara Muschietti are back on board to produce the series. So... While it's not officially announced, it's all signs are pointing to this is a thing that's going to happen. Also a thing that's going to happen, maybe, maybe don't hold your breath. Uh, talks of a new reimagining of The Crow have taken flight yet again, this time with Bill Skarsgård starring in the modern reimagining that will be directed by Rupert Sanders of Snow White and the Huntsman and Ghost in the Shell. Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter FKA Twigs also stars. This is pulled from creator James O'Barr's gritty comic, The Crow. It follows Eric Draven, who returns from the dead to track down his killers and avenge his murdered fiancé with the help of a mystical bird. The new film is said to be a fresh take on the original material with Skarsgård playing Draven, following the footsteps of the late Brandon Lee. Zach Balin, who is coming off an Oscar nomination for penning King Richard, wrote the script. The project is well into pre-production ahead of the June start date with shooting to take place in Prague and Munich. So it sounds like this version is going to stick. But just for a brief history of why I said, you know, again, or don't hold your breath, is this is not the first time they've tried to launch a Crow reboot. Uh, director Stephen Norrington, that's the Blade director, he was involved with the reboot. Uh, F. Javier Gutierrez, an actor. Dr. Luke Evans worked on another. Uh, the nuns Corin Hardy took on the task for a reboot in 2017 with Jason Momoa attached. Then they left in 2018 after a clash over financial issues between producers and distributor. That's like at least three. Um, so, which is crazy because yeah. there was like four sequels. Yeah, and how a did TV they not series. get a reboot? Yeah. Oh, that's right. I forgot about the TV series that was with uh, Mark oh. DeCosta, wasn't it? Yeah, Mark DeCascos from Brotherhood of the Wolf or and the Iron. Chef. Iron Chef. Yeah. And only the strong 
the only capoeira movie maybe ever distributed. Was he crying Freeman in the, the adaptation of, of live action adaptation of the anime? I think so. I don't know. But either way. But yeah. Yeah. I, I can't believe that the, the reboot has been so hard to actually kick off. I, I don't, I don't know how I feel about a reboot of this one. Yeah. Because for me, and maybe it's nostalgic for me because the original also came out like when I was a teenager and I was all angsty anyway. So the fact that it was a a rainy, like uh, yeah. a rainy version of Detroit with stuff on fire with a soundtrack by Stone Temple Pilots and the Cure and stuff, I was like, perfect. Yeah, it was good. The, I still love it. Yeah. And the idea of like a more polished, higher budget possibly i don't know i don't know how it'll look obviously yeah but there's i have so much nostalgia for that more low budget indie portrayal of it oh it's it's a gritty you know but and yeah. how do you you never say never obviously but it's strange that we're now in a complete oversaturation of comic book adaptations like it that is other than horror the thing that overtakes horror at the box office by far is like comic book movies so how would you reinvent this to surprise, you know, like, and make it feel fresh when it's so hard as it is now to, to surprise anybody with this type of stuff? I don't know. I, I feel like in the wake of Marvel, and I, I, I know Marvel is going darker, and they've obviously seen with box offices that they can get away with darker, like with Logan and Deadpool. And even Moon Knight, I mean, it, it's a little bit dark from so far from the first episode um especially dealing with the topics that it deals with yeah uh i i mean i say just yeah just go real dark with it like really push like please don't go for pg-13 on this like and i have argued pro pg-13 in the past right but i agree because it is a comic book graphic novel adaptation don't like stay true to the original tone of the comic book then sure and just but, go but then you also have this story which is a revenge thriller and this is also in the wake of like john wick which that came out yeah. and everything got compared to john wick so it's like this is you know when the crow came out in the 90s there was nothing like it now i think you have a lot of things that you could compare to that Get uh, get Taylor Sheridan to write the screenplay for it. It always works for me. I think whether it's Yellowstone or Sicario, I think visually um, it's going to look pretty good because the director didn't he do um, Snow White and the Huntsman? So that yeah. one looked that, really good. Yeah, that's what I'm wondering about because of his previous works, like how polished they're going to go for. On but he this. also did he also did Ghost in the Shell, and I didn't think that that was bad. Like the way it looked visually, it looked gritty to me. Did it? Was that the the Scarlett Johansson Scarlett Johansson mm-hmm. version? Yeah, yeah. I never saw that. I haven't watched it either. Yeah, so I, I don't know. We will find <laughs> well, out, or like, maybe we won't. I don't know. Yeah, it sounds like it's actually going to happen this time. So at least yeah. we can talk about it in like a year. Once they start actually shooting, then then it's like okay, we're happening. Do you- do you guys think that Bill uh, Scars Scars Man? Do you think Scars, that he'll Scars Man? <laughs> Scars Guard. But do, Scars Guard. Do you guys think that he'll do a good job? I think he will. Yeah, he seems like he's I like, like a chameleon. Him. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. Yeah, I like him. Oh, he was in one movie. 
What was it? It, it was more like a southern period piece. Are you talking about the one where it was a supporting role? Where, oh, maybe it was, yeah. It's, where he was, played a kid's dad. Yeah, like, it was ah. a Tom Holland movie, and I actually really liked that movie, and I cannot remember the name. I freaking reviewed it, too, and I cannot remember the name. Yeah, like, and he did great in that, kind of in that more broody-type role. So I, I think it could be good casting. I mean, the Skarsgårds are kind of tearing it yeah. up, so why yeah. not? But I, th- I agree with Xena. He is a chameleon. I mean, from his bit part in atomic blondes to mm-hmm. the southern gothic you're talking about to pennywise he in atomic blonde he's um the kind of like the assist he, like an ally he shows up halfway through and there's like the, it's been years since i've seen this movie so i'm describing i, need, this I know i need to rewatch atomic blonde I yeah i just remember that he helps her out a lot um okay. especially with arms oh. and sneaking in and out of that like parade and whatnot Oh, well, see, I, obviously he is a chameleon. I didn't <laughs> yeah, you didn't know it was him. It. Yeah. Um, unrelated to Bill Skarsgård, Adam Wingard's <laughs> The Guest, released in 2014, never got a sequel despite finding itself a uh, pretty devout following. But uh, the property returned last week with a brand new sequel soundtrack. Yeah, The Guest 2 has come to life in 2022 as an original soundtrack for a movie that doesn't actually exist. Yeah, I thought they were joking. No, uh, it is not. Yeah, the news released on April 1st, but this Mm -hmm. this soundtrack was not a joke. Uh, From Lakeshore Records, The Guest 2 original soundtrack is available now through Spotify, packed with 12 brand new tracks that you imagine the sequel that may never be. Uh, Contributors to The Guest 2 soundtrack includes Ogre Sound, Steve Moore, Ghost Cop, Adam Wingard, Xander Harris, Lone Runner, and more. And it's all that retro uh, synth goodness that uh, was in the original movie soundtrack uh wingard's the guest was written by simon barrett and mashes the terminator ish with uh halloween dan stevens was david the soldier who introduced himself to the peterson family claiming to be a friend of their son who died in action after he's welcomed into their family a series of accidental deaths seem to be connected to his presence um i know a soundtrack doesn't sound particularly exciting as say you know an actual sequel but uh (laughs) the reason i bring this up is one because it's such an unprecedented thing but two uh simon barrett did say on twitter that the cover art to this album is based on his actual written down sequel concept so if anyone was curious this image more or less clarifies everything that they would have done for a sequel so yeah i feel like this is hopefully it's not but it's as of now it's the best we've got to an actual sequel i never actually imagined the guest as a sequel like i know that it lends itself to a sequel but i mean i didn't think i know it's it's found a a following since it's hit like streaming but it didn't do good in the box office did it no it didn't but people do love this movie i love this movie zena wrote about it she contributed to an essay in the second site because uh, it's everything yeah and we need that sequel yes you want me to go get it maybe i need to revisit the guest it's really good and i can totally see where they would would continue that Mm -hmm. which i won't say because if you haven't seen the guest then i don't want to spoil so many questions but yeah it's pretty good. Yeah, there's a, there's plenty of spoilers for the guest. If you have not seen the guest, go watch the guest because it's best to not 
look anything up first. Yeah. Just go in blind and then look up the album cover and wistfully think about what could have been. And the cover art that you'll see is not Bradley Cooper, which I thought it was. <laughs> I was oh, like, oh, yeah. Bradley Cooper's in like a horror movie? What's going on yeah. here? And I was like, oh, that's not Bradley Cooper. No. <laughs> um, and then uh, the direct co-director of Wreck, Paco Plaza, his horror movie Veronica made headlines in 2018 when so many people were getting super <laughs> terrified, declaring it the scariest movie ever. Um, all that buzz has led to a prequel now. Uh, Sister Death has been officially announced by Netflix today. Well, not today. Last week. What is today? Um, but it was. I do want to clarify that it was announced by Netflix Spain. So not Netflix US. But Netflix's Veronica was about a young woman who must protect her younger brother and sister after she attempted to bring back the spirit of their dead father through a Ouija ritual. Um, prequel Sister Death will center on the character Hermana Muerte. Obviously, Sister Death was based on the character Sister Death. I just think that, sorry, uh, that <laughs> threw me for a loop. I'm like, why, why would you, Sister Death is center on Sister Death. Yes, yes, it yeah, is. Yeah, you really had some brain lock there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm like, wait, why it, would you phrase it this much. way? That's throwing me off. Um, it's played by, uh, Consuelo Trujillo. Uh, Trujillo in Veronica, Aria, Bedmar, um, blah, 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 people, people star, and it's Sister Death. Sister Death. (laughs) Um, The plot is, in a post-war Spain, Narcisa, a novice with supernatural powers, arrives at an old convent converted into a girl's school to become a teacher. As the days go by, strange events and the increasingly disturbing situations that torment her will end up leading to her unravel. Will end up leading her to unravel the terrible skein of secrets that surround the convent and lie in wait for its inhabitants. Why is words so hard today? Why? <laughs> um, so yeah, it's because it was Netflix Spain that made the announcement. Obviously. It seems like they're going to release it there first, and then it'll eventually make its way overseas. And this, since this was the announcement, I'm assuming that this is still in production or post-production, so it'll be a little while. But I don't know. I still think it's cool, and I, I get excited anytime there's new Paco Plaza movies. Like, I yes. still really need the grandmother to get an announcement. Where is it? Yeah, Where I'm pretty it? sure that... I'm pretty sure that did get released in Spain. So maybe if we're lucky by the end of the year, we'll get it stateside. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I'll keep you in the loop. Thank you. All right, listeners, your turn. What movies didn't you realize Bill Skarsgård was in? All of Does them. a sequel soundtrack to a sequel that doesn't exist make any sense to you? Sister Death? Sister Death? <laughs> Let's hear about it. <laughs> You can call our Texas at 224-475-1040. The number is also in the show notes, or feel free to email or feel free to email us at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. Finally, Zine is gonna make all our lives easier in the sea of horror movie options. Include us in what's appearing soon that we should be watching. So Zena, what should we be watching? So on Tuesday the 5th, uh, we have three awesome movies coming our way. The first one is called The Ice Demon, and I'm just sold on the name alone. So it will be available on VO Day, DVD, and Blu-ray. So a man's sudden return home, years after missing, throws his family's life into disarray as his homecoming begins terrifying brings as his homecoming brings terrifying and supernatural happenings so this is the same director um who directed uh the 2018 aquatic horror the mermaid uh lady of the dead 
as well as uh, Baby Yaga, Terra of the Black Forest. Remember when I called it Baby Yaba or something? Remember? <laughs> <laughs> I do remember. <laughs> that was funny. Okay. So then. <laughs> no <laughs> memories. Oh, good times. <laughs> Next up, we have uh, the cat and, cat and mouse horror Midnight. Um, it will be available on VOD. So a serial killer ruthlessly hunts down a deaf woman through the streets of South Korea after she witnesses his brutal crime. Then last on Tuesday, we have the horror comedy Vicious Fun. It will be available on DVD. Um, I believe that this one is still on Shutter right now. And this one's a lot of fun. So Joel, a 1980s film critic for a national horror magazine, finds himself unwittingly trapped in a self-help group for serial killers. With no other choice, Joel attempts to blend in or risk becoming the next victim. Woo! Isn't that cool? <laughs> Woo! <laughs> and then we have on... Um, Thursday. Oh, just in case if you guys didn't know, um, so Shutter announced last week that it's halfway to Halloween. So they have like this event and it's so cool. Um, so all month long, uh, the streaming service will release like new seasons of original series and original films. So this Thursday, Cursed Film Season 2 premieres. Um, this series explores real life tales of cursed movies or allegedly tales. So Season 2 lineup includes uh, The Wizard of Oz, which is going to be the focus for this upcoming um, episode on Thursday. Rosemary's Baby, The Serpent in the Rainbow, Stalker, and The Cannibal Holocaust. So new episodes um, every Every Thursday. So just in case if you guys excited. Then on Shudder, we also have See For Me. It'll also be on Shudder. So, yeah. (laughs) A blind young woman caught in the crossfire. Sister Death? Sister Death? (laughs) Sister Death. (laughs) (laughs) A blind young woman caught in the crossfire of a home invasion scheme must rely on an army uh, veterinarian. Um, Yeah, okay. All right, then we also have... I didn't even finish. I'm sorry, but we're, we're moving on, okay? We're moving on. See for me, it will be on Shutter. Then we also have The Night House. The Night House will be available on HBO Max. And this one came out during, like, was it the summer or October? I don't, I don't remember. The, yeah, it's like, I feel like the year flew just by completely. But this was one of my favorite movies of last year. It is so chilling. It is so awesome. So a widow begins to uncover her recently deceased husband's disturbing secrets. Oh, and then also do not forget Bloody Disgusting TV is now available for you and your eyeballs or screen box. Waka waka. Waka waka. I am so glad the Night House is coming to VOD and it may, or to HBO and it makes perfect sense because I almost rented it. And every time I rent something, it appears on stream. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And that's the Bloody Disgusting podcast for this week, everyone. If you'd like to read more from Megan, you can check out her reviews at bloodydisgusting.com and on Twitter at HauntedMeg. Xena can be found on her own website, realqueenofhorror.com, and the YouTube channel of the same name, or at LovelyZena on Twitter. And you can hear me on my weekly horror narration podcast, Creepy. Don't forget to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app, and feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at BeDisgustingPod, or follow us or drop us an email at bedisgustingpodcast at gmail.com. And for even more content and rewards, check us out on patreon.com slash bedisgustingpod. So for this week, I'm John. I'm Megan. I'm Zena. Grab some popcorn, cozy up on the couch, and watch something you love. Just make sure it's something bloody. Bloody disgusting.